0: Now podcast, where you'll discover and be equipped with keys from the Word of God that will pave the way to God's unlimited blessing in your life. Now, here's your host, Evangelist TJ Malcanji. Turnarounds. Finishing 2022 strong with a supernatural turnaround. I want you, if you have your Bibles, to turn with me. John chapter 4. John, the fourth chapter. And I'm going to begin with reading something Jesus spoke to his disciples. I missed you too, Melissa. Missed everyone on the broadcast. Knoxville, Tennessee. Wonderful. Denver, Colorado. Valleyfield, Quebec. Bienvenue. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. John chapter 4. This is what Jesus told his disciples concerning the plan of God for the harvest the Bible says in the meantime his disciples urged Jesus John 4 31 saying rabbi eat and Jesus said to them I have food to eat of which you don't know his disciples said to one another has anyone brought him anything to eat Jesus replied my food is to do the will of him who sent me my nourishment, my physical strength comes by doing the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. God has a work to finish in 2022. He's not done with you. Verse 35, but don't say, this is what I want to focus in on and zone in on today. Jesus correcting his disciples because he might've heard them speaking this and he's saying, don't say, don't you say there are still four months and then comes the harvest behold i say to you he's correcting them lift up your eyes now and look at the fields for they are already white for the harvest and he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together i'm going to read verse 35 again do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest but i say to you Lift up your eyes now, and look at the fields, for they are already white for the harvest. Now this is in reference To the harvest, as in the harvest of souls, that Jesus is saying, don't postpone evangelism. The greatest enemy to evangelism is the demon of procrastination. People procrastinate it, and it actually hinders what God wants to do on the earth. But this actually gives you insight as to how God operates in anything. His mode of operation in evangelism reveals His mode of operation in anything, that he's, that he's kicked into motion. He's saying when it comes to evangelism, stop saying four months, then we'll do something. Don't say, hey, well, it's not the time now. Don't postpone evangelism to a future event. He says, do it now. But this actually gives us insight as to how God operates in anything. God is not looking to postpone or delay anything in your life. He is a God that is that moves with divine speed. God moves with divine speed. He is not slow. The Bible says He is not slow concerning His promise. He's not slow concerning His promise. He is a God of acceleration and of quick harvest. He doesn't move slow. I want you to say this out. I want you to comment it. And if you want to say it out loud, say it out loud. But comment this, put this in the comment section. God is not slow. God is not slow. People are slow. People are slow to move and people are slow to take action and take steps in line with obedience to God's word. But God himself is not slow. I've said this oftentimes on this broadcast. When God says, if your faith will say yes, God will never say no and God will never say stop or God will never say wait. Matter of fact, I've said this, and I said this one time last week, and it's in my spirit now. When you, when you are, when your, when your obedience gets in line with the word of God, that's when things happen. It's not waiting for God to do something. Some people make it look like God is slow, and we're the quick ones. Like, well, yeah, I've been moving, but God, he kind of like, he's slow. He, he's slow on his feet. He's very, he's very, um. He's very uh, uh, sluggish in how he moves. Some people, you'd think that that's how they are. There's some pastors I've talked to. You know, we're believing God for increase, but we're just waiting on God. As if like we've done everything in our power to bring increase, but God's the one that's slowing the ship down. God's the one that's sluggish. He's like the lazy employee that you send him out to do something and he, he's, he just takes all kinds of detours. You send him out to do something out, uh, uh, pick up some something at a, at, a, at, a, at a business or whatever, but he's taking all these detours he stopped for lunch he's some lazy unreliable undependable employee and that's how some people view God that he's the one that's actually behind the, the lack of progress or delay in people's lives but that's not true and that is not scripture because if you study the scriptures um you'll see that the moment people started moving, that's when God said, Finally, I've got somebody I can work with. You know, that's what God loved about Abraham. Abraham heard the voice of God in Genesis chapter 12. God said, Depart from your relatives and from your country and go into the land that I will show you, and I will indeed bless you there and make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those that bless you, and I'll curse those that curse you. Abraham, Genesis 12:4. Abraham, the very next morning departed with his nephew lot the scripture says it didn't it's not like Abraham sat down with Sarah and he said Sarah you know I've been uh, hearing some voice and I think it's God speaking to me and I, I think we should keep this in prayer I think that we should talk about it matter of fact uh, let me go and speak to the pastor about this because I, I, I you know I, I just want to make sure that this is really what God wants for my life and and they took five months to just pray and fast and six months to just plan everything. Everything and strategize. You know, it's a lot to move. We got we got a, quite a bit of cattle here. We're gonna have to structure things. We're gonna have to, you know, uh, we're gonna have to hand this business off to somebody else. We're gonna have to make sure that everything flows smoothly. We need to make this really fit into our logical thinking and process of reasoning. That's not how Abraham moved. Abraham heard from God and he moved. He moved. You know, there's a Psalm. There's a scripture in Psalms that oftentimes gets overlooked because it's bunched up in the longest psalm, Psalm 119. But the psalmist writes, I will obey and not delay in keeping your commandments. He said, I will obey and not delay in keeping your commandments. It's people that are delayed in keeping with the instructions of what Jesus has told you to do that actually creates a roadblock and hindrance for people to move forward. It's not God that's putting a stick in your wheel. It's the lack of quick response quick response to the instructions of what God has said. When you, when you're a person that's quick to action, God sees someone that he can work with and work with quickly. There's too many slow people in the body of Christ. There's too many people that are slow on their feet. They're slow to move, slow to act. They don't carry the Abrahamic faith. Do you remember speaking of Abraham when God said it's time to sacrifice Isaac, bring him to the mountain that I will show you? Did Abraham go back and tell Sarah, "Hey, I think God's telling me that we need to go and put Isaac on and off on a on a, on a uh, um a uh, uh, an altar, and we need to sacrifice him to the Lord, I think it's a little crazy, but you know what, let's just call three of our closest friends, let's get their advice, let's get their counsel, let's pick their brains, he didn't do that, he actually didn't even mention to Sarah what he was doing, the Bible says the moment he heard God speak, the very next morning, I love how in every one of those times God has spoken, Abraham, it's always the very next morning that he moves. You, you study those scriptures and highlight that. It, the very next morning, the Holy Spirit is quick to move on Moses as he's penning the words of Genesis to make mention that it wasn't the next week. It wasn't four months from now. It wasn't he took a year uh, to make sure that he was in the right. It was the very next morning, Abraham got up. And he went to the mountain with three of his servants and he moved in obedience to what God has said. And then God said, hey, Abraham, Genesis 22, because you were quick to move and you didn't delay in keeping to my voice because you were willing to not withhold your very own son, whom you love greatly that I gave you. Behold, I have put a sworn blessing on you, Abraham, and in blessing I will bless you and in multiplying I will multiply apply you. When you're quick to move with God, God puts a sworn blessing on you. God puts something on you that nobody else can ever taste of, because they're not willing to do what you do, but if you're willing to do what nobody else was willing to do, you'll get to experience, and taste, and see that which nobody else was ready, and willing to receive, in in the book of Isaiah chapter one, the Bible says, if you be willing, and obedient, if you be willing, and obedient, if you be willing, and obedient, you see, it's, you know, the obedient part, a lot of people have it down packed. They're obedient, but they're not willing to move now. They're obedient in the future. They have an obedient heart. They know they're going to end up doing it one day, but the willingness to do it now is not there. But God said, it's not just your obedience that matters. It's your willingness to do it now. And he said, if you be willing and obedient, you shall taste or eat of the good of the land. You'll eat of the best portions of the land. You'll ride on the high places of the earth you'll partake of the goodness of the lord in the land of the living and that's where i see the lord taking you today i saw natasha wrote something very great in the comments and i want you to take uh uh take her steps and write that out for yourself make me willing lord make me willing lord i believe god's gonna put a grace on natasha and everyone that's gonna write make me willing lord god's gonna put a grace on you to not just be obedient but be willing, that God's going to put a willingness, an excitement, a zeal, and a fervor to serve the Lord. To not sit down and watch life pass you by, but to be quick to move. Put your hand to the plow, and plow, knowing that time is short, and God wants to bring an acceleration to that which he desires to do in your life. John chapter 6, listen to this. The reason why I'm dealing with this... um Responsibility on our end to act quickly is because Jesus said, As your faith is, so be it unto you. If you're one of those people that listen to preachers that are always prophesying that one day in the future your breakthrough is going to come, if you're one of those people that like that preaching, you're not going to like what I have to say today because um, I preach the Bible. And I preach what the Bible tells us to do. I preach obedience. You know, Jesus said, He that hears these words and do with it. There's a lot of preachers that they, they just spew out words. Breakthrough's coming. I prophesy, breakthrough's coming your way. Just keep on holding on. I, I'm saying the healing's gonna come. The healing's gonna come. It's always in reference to the future. But Jesus said, as your faith is, so be it unto you. And John 7, he says, he that hears these words and doeth them. This book is not a book of promises where we just hear what God's promised. It's not a book of promises. It's a book of instruction. Joshua 1, verse 8. Let not this book of instruction depart from your mouth, but be careful to meditate. That's to think on it day and night. And it doesn't stop there. Be careful to observe and do. Observe and do that which it commands for then your way will be prosperous and you will have good success oh hallelujah i feel the anointing on that so strong this book of the law this book of instruction shall never depart from your mouth that deals with the speaking you got to speak it out you got to talk you got to confess what you can't confess you'll never possess confession comes before possession and your faith will never rise higher than your confession and what you have in life will never be greater than what your confession has dictated the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue they that love it shall eat of its fruit so Joshua hears from God let not this book of instruction depart from your mouth be careful to speak it but it says also meditate on it think on it Think on it. Let it dwell and marinate in your spirit. Dwell on it day and night. But then it moves a step further. And it says, don't just think about it. Don't just talk about it. But you have to take actionable stance towards the fulfillment of what God has promised. And he says, be careful to observe and do. Observe and do. What does it mean by observe? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12, Do not be sluggish. Don't be slow. Hallelujah. Man, these scriptures are popping up in my spirit. That's how I know I'm hitting the nail on the head today with what God's moved on my spirit to speak on. Moving with divine speed. And and provoking a supernatural turnaround. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says, "Do not be sluggish; don't be slow." God actually—you read the book of Proverbs. It 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 rebukes, it rebukes laziness. It rebukes sluggish hands. It says, "It says the lazy man will be put to forced labor, but the hand of the diligent, the hand that is quick to move, will be made rich." That's in the book of Proverbs. The Bible says in Proverbs that in all. Uh, in all labor, in all labor, in work, there is profit. But, however, idle talk or empty chatter or just speaking about, well, I know God's going to one day bring me into promised land. God's going to do it one day. I'm just believing my promise is coming. My empty chatter, is le- it leads onto poverty. The Bible says laziness casts one into a deep, deep sleep but, uh, and an idle person will suffer hunger. An idle person, a one who's just standing there idle, waiting to move, waiting, waiting for God. It's not the waiting for miracles, my brother and sister. It's the working of miracles and grace. I see like the Holy Ghost injecting you today with a supernatural grace to stop waiting and start working from today. And as you work out your salvation with fear and trembling, you're gonna see what I has not been able to see in the last 10 years, what ear has not been able to see this past year, uh, ear not been able to hear this past year, what has not entered the heart of man in your entire life, you're going to start seeing it happen as your obedience gets in line with the word, these things will pop off in your life, the Bible says obey and serve me and you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure, I see those things happening for you, by December 25th you'll get before your family on Christmas day. And you won't have a note of complaint on your tongue. You won't have a note of, of sorrow. You won't have a tragic sorrow story about how hard 2022 has been. You'll have a supernatural turnaround story. That you'll be able to present to your loved ones. And your relatives. And you shall manifest the goodness of the Lord. In this year. In Jesus name. John, uh, John chapter 6. Listen to this. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Now when evening had come, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the bow, and went over the sea towards Capernaum, and it was already dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. And then the sea rose because a great wind was blowing, opposition, adversary, hindrance, So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and dry near the boat, and they were afraid. So here you see two things, opposition and fear. You see opposition, and you see fear. The wind was blowing contrary to them, and they were just rowing. It was hard. It was tough. It It was boisterous. It was troublesome. It was, it was always, things were moving against them, and it seemed like they weren't going to make it to the other side that night, but listen to what happens, Jesus, they see Jesus, they get afraid, and he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid, verse 21, then they willingly, see there it is again, willing, if ye be willing, they quickly received him into the boat, they quickly, they didn't get, hey, let's call a council meeting. We need to talk about whether this is Jesus or not and whether we should let him into our boat or not. Some people are slow to let God into their boat. Now, they let him into their heart when they, you know, they prayed a prayer at an altar one. But the, when the Bible is talking about bringing Jesus into your boat, it's talking about him running the ship. There's a lot of people, they have Jesus in their heart, but they don't have him in their in, in their boat. They're not, he's not running the ship, they're still trying to grab life by the reins and gear it in, their, in the direction they want it to go in, they're still, try, still trying to take control of things, they're still trying to reason things out, they're still trying to fight their own battles, but I want to remind you, God said you need not fight this battle there's a way in life to get victory without fighting and that is by obeying God Joshua, go and get the people to ro- go around the walls of Jericho seven times, er- one, one time per day. And on the seventh day, do it seven times. And as you do that and blow the trumpets and the ram's horns, I'll move and I'll tear the walls down. They didn't have to fight. They didn't have to beat the walls down with artillery. They didn't have to throw explosive catapults into the, into the walls. They didn't have to take their sword and spear out. Actually, nobody even took a sword out of its sheath. They just obeyed God. And then God was moved to action. You know, that could have been a, four-year war. Could have been a ten-year war. Instead, it was a one-day thing. That's why I'm, I'm stressing this point today. You can try and do things your own way. You can do it and try for 50 years to accomplish that in the flesh, which can't be done any other way than in the way of the Spirit. But it's just going to lead to a life of frustration and stagnation. Or you can do what I'm telling you today. You can flick on obedience in your life. Do things God's way. Obey the Lord. Trust in the Lord all. your heart don't lean on your own understanding and see God work for you and defeat the Egyptians that you're seeing harass you today and just like God told Moses the Egyptians that you see today you'll no longer see Israel could have fought Egypt off for years upon years they could have strained egregiously through the years fighting them off as slaves without even much weapons because Egypt had way better weapons and chariots and horses they didn't have all that they could have done it in the flesh but instead they trusted God God brought them out with silver and gold they get to the Red Sea and in one day the sea parts. they walk through on dry ground and then their enemies trying to come and chase after them the same day the sea closes back up on them and god gave them that which could not have been done ever they could have never in the natural or in the flesh subdued the enemies of the the armies of egypt but god did it in one day he brought them out of egypt with silver and gold led them in over the red sea and devoured their enemies god's gonna do that for you in the name of jesus christ he's gonna give you a victory in the month of december deal with your enemies the bible says at that time oh hallelujah that scripture's coming into my spirit. I think it's in the book of uh, of uh, Haggai. At that time, I will deal all with all who afflict thee. I will deal with all who afflict thee. God is going to deal with every one of those people that are afflicting you. Everyone that's causing life to be hard. Every demon that's been assigned with your case. God is going to deal with them in the month of December and Haggai keeps on going. He says, every area in which you were formerly seen as pitiable and reproachable, in those areas you will be an object for for glory and for praise. God told Haggai, he said, every place in which my people were an object of shame and reproach and pity, I'm going to turn their story around so that in that area they're actually an object for fame and for glory and for praise praise report your sorrows being turned into a praise report people will hear about what God has done for you people will see what God has done for you even your mockers and the naysayers and the doubters and those that have have totally tried to discourage you telling you to give up and quit they will see with their eyes they will discern that the Lord has won this for you that this was not done by human flesh or human agents this was the hand of God at work and it is marvelous in our sight if you believe that in the comment section put out hand emojis put amen put hallelujah come on let heaven hear you today in jesus name verse 21 then they willingly received him into the boat and immediately hallelujah immediately the boat was at the land where they were going they were straining in the middle of the sea all night rowing rowing helplessly sweatfully and in the moment Jesus gets into the boat, they translated to the seashore. And they were at the place where they were going. There's a place you had in your spirit in January this year. There's a place you wanted to be at in December, and you're not there. And you've been straining and rowing helplessly and sweatfully, and you've been, you've been using everything you've got. You've tried everything you know to do, and nothing's worked. I'm telling you, in December... Where you were intending to go in January, that you heard from God, you'll be there by the end of this year. Some of you got a word for the, from the Lord as to the direction God wanted to bring you in this year, and you're not there yet. It doesn't take long for God to totally translate you and bring you into the place where He wants you to be. Look at Philip. Philip has a revival at Samaria. Then, in Acts chapter 8, listen to this. Acts chapter 8, Philip goes... The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he arose and went, Obedience. And then you have the story of him reaching the Ethiopian eunuch. But then listen to this. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. He got translated, supernaturally translated. There's a man I know. Uh, Pastor Todd Holmes, who pastors in uh, a river church, I forget where, and he talked about how one time he was driving home from a revival meeting, he had preached uh, that night, and he was driving home from a revival meeting, and he was very tired, and his eyes began to shut, and he was about to doze off, And uh, he did, in fact, like doze off for a second. That's happened to me before. I'm sure there's people watching online right now and on the replay. It's happened to you before where you just, and you're like, how the heck am I still on the road within the lines? It doesn't make any sense. That's the hand of an angel of the Lord. And so he's driving. He dozes off. He opens his eyes. The moment he opens his eyes, 10 feet from him, he's on the opposite side of traffic. And there's an 18-foot uh, An 18 wheeler truck, a Mack truck heading in, honking its horn, "Eh!" with its headlights right into his face, 10 feet. There's no time to sway out of the way. So he just screams out, Jesus, loud, as loud as he can. The moment he said that, he was parked at a gas station in one of the parking spots and he was he he was just there shocked and astonished and probably crapped himself <laughs> cuz i probably would have been very scared at that moment he he was right there head-on collision with an 18-wheeler truck, and the moment he opened his eyes, he says, Jesus! He got translated by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord can snatch you up from where you're at now to where God wants you to be, and it doesn't take him long. The Bible says, immediately, they were at the land where they were going. I see God doing that for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Every dream you had in your spirit from the beginning of the year that you thought God was going to fulfill by the end of the year, and maybe you've counted it out. You said, it's already the December, you know, we'll just believe for God to do that next year. You won't have to believe that for next year because God's going to do it now. He he created the world in six days. He doesn't need more than five minutes to sort out your situation. You know, I'm going to go through stories in the scripture now where God changed things overnight. Sometimes it was within the hour. Within the hour, you can get good news coming your way. You can get a praise report within an hour. The Bible says, listen to this, in Acts chapter Acts chapter, I believe it's Acts chapter 4. Yes, Acts chapter 4. They put Peter and and John in prison because they had healed a man, twisted people. And listen to this. The high priest rose up and all those who were with him, this is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with anger, laid their hands on the apostles, put them in the the common prison. At night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught, So an angel of the Lord busted them out of prison. They go to the temple and they start preaching. The high priest arose and those with them came and called the council together and all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. So they wanted to go and get them out of the common prison, bring them before the council and pretty much charge them with whatever they were going to charge them to and commit them to murder. Do exactly what they did to Jesus 50 days or a little over 50 days ago. And listen to what happens. But when the officers came and did not find them in prison, they returned and reported saying, indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. So you see, there were guards standing before their doors, but even the guards were unaware as to what God had done. God God sent an angel who was very sneaky and very sly. You know, angels don't have to use doors. They're spirit beings. They can just cross. They can go through doors. They can go through objects and material things. And so those angels went through the prison. Went, the people didn't even see them. The guards didn't even see them. And the Bible says, We found the prison shut securely. And the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, nobody was there. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the next time the devil comes to check if you're still in that prison he's put you in, he won't find you there, because God is supernaturally, I feel the anointing so strong on that, the next time the devil comes and tries to check in on you, whether you're still in that prison cell of depression, whether you're still in that prison cell of sickness, whether you're still in that prison cell of anxiety and suicide, the next time he checks that prison cell of marital uh, uh, stress, next time he checks that prison cell of poverty and sorrow, he's not going to to find you there, for the angel of the Lord, the Bible says, encamps around those that fear him, and delivers them out of all their trials, you have feared God you've not cursed God in your heart you've been like Job, you've endured you've you've kept in spiritual stamina, you have persevered through the trials and the tests, you've not cursed or turned away from God in your heart, now is the time where you're going to get to enjoy the reward of keeping in faith throughout the year, the next time the enemy comes to check in on you on your prison cell you won't be there for the angel of the Lord is delivering you from all your trial the spirit of God is going to snatch you out of that prison cell and put you in to a land flowing with milk and honey an abundant land a land lavish with the blessing of the Lord that shall make you rich and add no sorrow to it God is going to erase every bit of sorrow the enemy made you suffer this year in Jesus name you are going to experience A supernatural turnaround, not by might, not by strength, but by the Spirit of Almighty God. Working it out for you because all things work together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. You loved God. You love God. You're called according to his purpose. And God is going to make all things together uh, work for good in your life in this month in Jesus mighty name. You're not waiting. Uh, quit this hole. I'm just holding on. I'm not holding on. I'm stepping out in obedience and my obedience is going to trigger off a miraculous story for me and my family. The Bible says the high priest, the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things. They wondered what outcome would be. So one came and told them, hey, the men that you put in prison, they're standing in a temple teaching the people. Hallelujah. You know, the Sanhedrin, which were stood up by the devil, they didn't want, they did not want the disciples to teach about Jesus. Read Acts chapter 4. It's exactly what got them thrown into prison in the first place. They were teaching and preaching Jesus' name. They didn't want that. The devil doesn't want you to do what God's called you to do. And he's tried to put you in prison. But I'm telling you, the next time he checks on you, you won't be there. He's going to say, hey demons, where did he go? I thought we locked him up. Didn't we put some garrison of troops around the prison cell? They wouldn't get out. You want to know why the devil wants to keep you in that prison? Because of the great outcome of your life. The great potential. The great things God's going to use you to do. I'm telling you, the devil's going to be disappointed when he checks up on you. Not only will you not be in prison, you're not just going to be out there doing your own thing. God's going to put you in this target, the bullseye center of his call for your life. That January 2023, you'll be positioned to run the race that is set before you. You're coming out of bondage and you're coming into a place where you're gonna you're gonna move in what God's called you to do. You're gonna, you're called out of darkness into his marvelous light in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's go through, let's go through instances in scripture. And I'm just gonna read one scripture for the sake of time. But I wanna read 2 Kings chapter 7. And I wanna show you that God, it doesn't take God long to change something. I want to build your faith on that. You can expect a miracle today. God can do something in 24 hours. Let me tell you a story. R.W. Shambach was preaching somewhere in Texas. And a lady came to his meeting whose son had been wrongfully indicted and charged with uh, multiple accounts of murder wrongfully. And they threw him in prison and he was scheduled for execution on a given date. And it was during that week of meetings that R.W. Schambach was at the church. I think his scheduled execution was like on the Thursday night. And so this is Wednesday, this mother who comes, who knew her son was innocent. And he really was. But it didn't matter if he was innocent, the evidence proved against him. And so he, that woman came and stood in the gap for her son. And uh, that's why I'm here to tell you, if you're standing on the gap for your children... That your children have had a rough year. Your children's lives are all messed up. God can transform things within 24 hours. Your children come out of that miry clay and they're put on a rock to stay. So that woman comes to R.W. Shemok's meeting. He Here's him preach. And uh, she comes up to him after the service and says, my son is is in prison. Tomorrow night is his execution day at midnight. And um, I don't know. I, don't, I know he's innocent. And I don't know how to pray for this. But can you please agree with me in prayer and in faith that God's going to bail him out? and so R.W. Schambach said I gotta be honest with you I don't know what scripture to stand on for this so he just began to pray in the Holy Ghost he began to pray in the Spirit and in that scripture I think it was the scripture of Acts chapter 4 came up into his spirit how God brought Peter and John out of prison in one day and where they were scheduled for execution and I think the scripture also in Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas were in prison doors and God sent an earthquake and bailed them out he didn't know those scriptures weren't on his mind so he just began to pray in the Holy Ghost and as he prayed in the spirit those scriptures came up into his mind you see that tells you something when you don't know what to do and you don't know how to pray or what you should pray for pray in the holy ghost pray in the spirit when you don't know how to pray in english pray in a language you don't know how to speak and just pray and god will will drop into your spirit the correct scriptures that will give you faith to believe him for a uh, for the impossible, for, to believe him, for the mountain standing in your way to be uprooted. He's still the God that can take out every mountain that stands in your way. And so he began to pray in the spirit. Those scriptures popped off, and he said, Father, we thank, we stay that execution. We command, he said, he said this, I command whoever is the the rightful, um, uh, whoever is the one responsible for those murders, that you would put your conviction on him now, and he would call in, and it would totally... Um, it would cancel his execution. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. That's what they prayed. The next, uh, the next night was a scheduled execution. Saturday morning, he said uh, R.W. Shamrock was in a, at a diner, and he picked up the daily newspaper, the Texas newspaper, and he opened it up. And then the 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 front page top news headline that day was that that boy that man's story, the lady's son's story. How at 1158, he read the story, 1158 p.m. He's scheduled for execution at 12 p.m. They already tied him to the electric chair. 1158, the governor calls the prison warden's um, uh, office. He answers the the, the phone call. And the, the governor says, uh, don't, don't proceed with the execution. The one responsible for the murders has come, up, has come up and has brought forth evidence that really charges him with the murder. And uh, they interviewed they interviewed the one who was actually charged with these murders. And uh, they asked him, why did you go and do that? Why did you testify? You know, you could have gone away scotch-free. That man was going to go uh, to the electric chair and that was going to be the end of that case. And the man said... I was sitting the other, the other day in my living room, and this weight just came on me, like I was like going to burn in hell for eternity. And he said, the, the, the feeling was so strong, I couldn't shake it. I felt like I was dying, like I was slipping into hell. And so I knew that, that this was God. And uh, he said, I couldn't in right conscience, I couldn't in a right spirit let this happen, put a, an innocent man to die before his time for things that I have done. You know, for all those months, it didn't strike him. All of a sudden, that woman prays. All of a sudden, R.W. Shambach joins his hands in faith and they stand in agreement and they pray. Prayer changes things. Prayer is not some religious discipline or exercise that God's given us so he can give us entertainment to do while we're still on the earth. It's not some mystical uh, new age, occultish practice. God, prayer changes things. Prayer. God hears you when you pray. And as they prayed, the Bible, uh, the, the, the story shows that that man, he felt that deep sense of conviction weighing on him. He called. It totally turned. That wo- that woman was getting ready to bury her son. And within 48 hours, the whole story changed in her favor. His son was out of jail. And then, uh I'm, I'm pretty sure they gave him like, they gave him, uh, rem- uh, what did they give him? They gave him like financial compensation for having kept him in jail for all those years. Not only did he come out, the person that was rightfully re- responsible for the murders got in, and that man left with compensation because he, he, was, he was wrongfully indicted. God can do that. That's what happened to Joseph. Joseph is in prison. And in one day, Pharaoh calls for him. He went from the prison to the palace. In one day. Listen to this. This is in 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. An amazing story of a 24-hour turnaround. Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. They were in financial crisis. An army had besieged Samaria, and there was no food coming in or out. And they had totally Uh, they had um, run out of food. They had run out of wheat and barley, and so there was very little amounts left. And so the prices for wheat and barley had gone through the roof. Massive inflation in Samaria. But Elisha comes out and speaks by the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow, about this time, tomorrow, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe that by this time tomorrow, some of you are going to have a testimony. You're going to be writing into my Facebook or my Instagram or YouTube, and you'll be writing your own testimony. I really believe that. By this time tomorrow, you'll be praising God for the 24-hour turnaround that he's bringing to you and your family. Tomorrow, about this time, man, that's so strong in my spirit. Quit thinking God is a slow delayed God. He is not delayed. He is not delaying his promise concerning you. He's just waiting for someone who's going to have the faith of Elijah. That's going to say tomorrow by this time, I'm not waiting one day. I've suffered long enough. Enough is enough. By this time tomorrow, I'm having my own miracle package in hand. You know, that's, that's what Genesis chapter 27 and verse 40 says. God said, it shall come to pass when you become restless, that the yoke will be destroyed off of thy shoulders. Thy this It says, it shall come to pass when you become restless. When you become restless, the ball's in your court. God's already done. Romans 8.32, if God did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not freely give us everything else to richly enjoy? He's already put the ball in your court. It's up to you to throw and get it in the hoop. The ball is in your court. He's already given Jesus. That shows you he's not holding back anything. Stop thinking God is holding things back. Proverbs chapter 3, 26 and 27. Keep your finger in 2 Kings 7, but I'm going to read this word for word. Proverbs 3, 26 and 27. 27 and 28, sorry. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power of your hand to do so. Don't say to your neighbor, go, come back, and tomorrow I'll give it to you. When you have it with you now. Is God hypocritical? No. Why would He tell me to not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in my power to do so, and don't tell them to go back and come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you tomorrow. I don't feel like giving it to you today. If He's rebuking me for delaying goodness when I have the power to give goodness to someone, when I have the power to help somebody... And he's rebuking me for not helping them when I have power to help them. Just like those men that passed the Samaritan by. They passed him by. They did nothing about it. But the the good Samaritan came in and cleaned the man up. He didn't delay. He didn't say, oh, when I'm on my way back, I'll deal with that. I've got too much on my plate. He's saying, he, he commended the good Samaritan for doing that. For not delaying, for not hindering his ability to help that person. Do you think God is less good than the Good Samaritan pictured in that story? Do you think God is hypocritical? God's not going to delay in doing anything for you because He has the power to do it. For, for, he has the power to do it today. God's not going to be more powerful tomorrow than He is today. God's not going to be more willing tomorrow than He is today. He's willing now, and so have faith to receive now. Tomorrow, about this time, a sale of flour shall be sold for a shekel and two sales of barley for a shekel. Now, let me say this, and I want this to get right into your spirit. Every day is God's day to help you. The day you decide to believe is the day you receive help. Every day is God's day. It becomes your day. The day you decide to believe. Every day is God's day to help you. The day you get helped is the day you decide to believe and receive. Blind Bartimaeus was not on Jesus' schedule. But by faith, God actually... See, Blind Bartimaeus' faith hacked in. He used this faith to hack into heaven's mainframe where all of Jesus' agenda was planned, Jesus was not in any way going to heal blind Bartimaeus that day. But blind Bartimaeus used his faith to hack into heaven's mainframe and put his name as number one on his to-do list. Hallelujah. I see that happening for you today. God is going to, your faith today is going to put you on God's number one With regards to his to-do list. You're going to, you're jumping levels. You're going to number one on God's to-do list. God's going to sort out your situation. And it won't take him long. By this time tomorrow, a sale of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two sales of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the men of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make the windows in heaven, can such a thing be? And he said, in fact, you will see it with your eyes, but you'll not eat of it. So here you have the expert. That's impossible. You'll have a lot of people get around you. That's impossible. That'll never happen. I don't see, I don't see how that can happen. Doesn't matter. Lean not on your own understanding. I don't, I, I don't believe God. I do not. My faith is not dictated on what I think God can do or what others think God can do. My faith is, dict, is, uh, is set Based on what the word of God says in Jeremiah 32, 17. Thou, O Lord, are the God of all flesh, and nothing is too hard for you. My faith is determined by what the Bible says in Jeremiah, where it says, Thou, o Lord, are the God who made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and outstretched arm, and nothing is impossible for you. Luke 1, 37, With God, nothing is impossible. Th- that's, that's what determines my faith. I don't limit God. You know, Smith Wigglesworth used to say this, God is not limited by anything or anyone except by the limitations of our own unbelief. The only thing that can limit God fulfilling His goodness in your life in the month of December is unbelief, unbelief. But when your faith comes alive, It'll always bring a good report. Hebrews 11, two, By faith the elders obtained a good report. This man did not believe. He said, "If God, Even if God can open up windows in heaven, can such a thing be? Can such a thing be? That's impossible. Look, I've ran the numbers. This doesn't make sense. There's no scenario or circumstance where this can turn around. There's no way. There's I can't think of a way. That's the whole point of Proverbs 3. Do not Lean on your own understanding. I can't think how this can turn around. Who cares about what you can think of? Remember, he's able to do far more abundantly and beyond what you can ask or think. What you can ask or think. If you if you can't think of it, good. He can do above and beyond it. Above you can ask or think according to his glorious power at work in you. Hallelujah. So what happened? You have the story of the four lepers God sent uh, noise and confusion on the camp of their enemies. Their enemies ended up fleeing. And listen to this. And one of his servants answered and said, Please let us take men, five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. Skip the verse. Sk- skip the verse 15. And then they went after them to the Jordan. And indeed all the road was full of garments and weapons which the Syrians had thrown away in, in their haste so the messengers returned and told the king then the people went out and plundered the tents of the syrians so a seah of flour was sold for a shekel and two sales of barley for a shekel according to the word of the lord it's a dangerous thing to speak and use your mouth to speak things against the word of the lord do like if you don't know how it can happen like ezekiel can these bones live again Ezekiel just said, Lord, you know. He had never seen that miracle happen before. It was something new, something fresh. And so what did he reply? Lord, you know. If you don't know how it can happen, instead of using your word to challenge the word of the Lord and um, dismantle what God's desiring to set up and design for your life, instead of using your mouth to destroy what God's trying to do in your life, use your mouth to build it up I might not know how it's going to work. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't see in the natural how it can happen, but I'm okay with that because I don't serve a natural God. I serve a supernatural God. Instead of using your mouth to challenge God, the authority of the word of God, if you don't know what to say, just keep your lips shut. That's actually better than opening up your mouth and showing everyone you're a fool and turning God's hand of blessing away from your life. That's a great thing too, Jasmine. Just praise the Lord if you don't know. If you don't know what to do, just praise the Lord. Father, I thank you. I might not know how it can happen, but that's okay. Because you're a God who can, who can do the impossible, reverse the irreversible, and change the unchangeable. What happened to the man who spoke against the word of the Lord? now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate but the people trampled him in the gate and he died just as the man of God had spoken who said when the king came down to him so it happened just as the man of God had spoken to the king saying two says of barley for a shekel a say of fine flour for a shekel shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria then that officer had answered the man of God and said look if the Lord would make windows in heaven can such a thing be and he said in fact You will see it with your eyes, but you'll not eat of it. So it happened to him. For the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. Listen to this. Get this in your spirit. God's word is going to come to pass for the church and for everyone who lines up their mouth with what he has said. It's up to you to get on the bandwagon. God's word is always working. Whether it works for you is entirely up to you. God's work worked for everyone else, even the people that probably thought, they might have thought the same thing that an expert in 2 Kings 7 thought of, maybe they were thinking in their head, can such a thing be, that's crazy, they just never vocalized it, they kept silent, they did the godly thing to do, maybe they said like Ezekiel, Lord, you know, God, amen, just say amen, if you don't, There's sometimes I've received words from people, and it's so it's so crazy, I just say, amen, amen. Amen. What is amen? So be it unto me. It's better to say that than open up your mouth and challenge the authority of the word of God. God's word is always working. Whether it works for you is entirely up to, up to you. And the responsibility on your end is to speak. Confess. By this time tomorrow, things are turning from my story. By this time tomorrow, I'm going to hear good news. Concerning that matter that I'm worried about right now. By this time tomorrow. Stop postponing. This is the gist of everything I said in this broadcast. Stop postponing your breakthrough for tomorrow. When God's hand is already out. Stretch forth to help you today. In God's timing, amen. God's timing was 2,000 years ago at the cross at Calvary when he sent Jesus. And I'm gonna repeat that scripture. If he sent his only begotten son and did not spare Jesus, will he not freely give us everything else richly to enjoy? Hallelujah. Quit obsessing over struggle. There's people that obsess over struggle. They love suffering. They love hardship. They love it. They gravitate towards it. it's, It's got a nice taste on their palate. I'm not obsessed with struggle. Some people glorify struggle above God. God's a God of breakthrough, a God of turnaround, a helper, a very present help in time of trouble. He's not looking to make life harder for you. He wants to produce a turnaround story for you. that, By the time Christmas comes around, your family sees the hand of God in your life. In fact, you'll eat it with your, you'll see with your eyes, but you will not taste of it. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. You're not going to see everyone else blessed, and you just sit on the sideline complaining and sorry. You're not going to be that person. You're going to be one of those people that indeed see the manifestation of the goodness of God. I see the hand of God meeting you with goodness. He's going to crown your year with goodness, and the paths are going to drop down to dew in Jesus' name. I finish this broadcast with this. in 2 Corinthians 4:17 and the anointing is very strong right now so stick on i'm going to pray for you and we're going to we're going to connect our faith there's 154 people watching between youtube and facebook we're going to connect our faith together today and we're going to believe god we're going to believe god for a change of story in your life a very a quick an acceleration to that Remember what I read before, John 4, don't say there's still four months and then the harvest is going to come. Jesus said, lift up your eyes up. Lift your eyes up now. Look up. The harvest is here. God's hand to help you is here. God's intervention is here. God is here. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is here. Don't be a Jacob who went to bed and woke up after having a dream and said, oh man, the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. Don't be like that. Be someone who recognizes the day of heaven's visitation. Jesus has visited you. Jesus is here today. Jehovah Shammah is present here today. He's not going to be more present tomorrow than he is today. He's here. He said, come unto me. Draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. And when God draws near to you, He draws near with His power, with His hand of deliverance, and with His restoration. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, listen to this, 17, verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart. We don't get discouraged. I pray any attempt that the devil's used against you, any attack the used against you to cause you to lose heart, to grow weary, get discouraged, to quit, to throw in the towel, to give up in the name of Jesus Christ, all of those attempts are in vain, Fresh hope is being poured out into your heart by the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, I see it. I see oil just being poured out over your head. And the hope of God that does not disappoint is being shed abroad in your spirit we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Isn't that interesting? The inner man is being renewed day by day. That shows you that God wants to do something for you day by day. He wants to produce a miracle for you day by day. Every day for the child of God should be a supernatural day. A day shouldn't go by where it's dull, dry, and boring, and tasteless. Every day. That's why Oral Roberts would get the people to confess today, something good's to happen to me, Psalm 23 surely goodness and mercy shall follow me every day. Hallelujah! Oh man, I feel the unction so strong. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me every day of my life. There's two twins that heaven has sent to chase you down every day. Twin number one's named goodness. Twin number two is made is named mercy. Doesn't say hardship and struggle will follow you all the days of your life. It says goodness and mercy. Verse 17, for our light affliction. So the Bible calls it light affliction. Stop overemphasizing what's happening. It's light. Why is it light? It might be very strong and heavy In the eyes of the world, you know, a cancer diagnosis or bankruptcy or whatever, that's a very heavy thing. But because Paul is writing in light of how big God is, he's saying it's light. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's light. It might not be light to man. It's light to God. You know, if I go to a gym with uh, my cousin, my cousin in uh, California... His name is Eric Deloro. He was Mr. Canada back in like 1998. He's, he is buff. He trained Mr. Olympia, Jay Cutler, for five, uh, five of, uh, all five of his uh, Mr. Olympia titles that he won. He was his personal trainer and on his training team. And Michael, I don't know, he must be in his 40s now. And he is jacked. I mean, his muscles have muscles. <laughs> That's how big it is. His muscles have muscles. He has muscles in his neck that I didn't even think existed. He is jacked and uh, if i went to the gym with him and we went to the same weight section and we started to pick up well first of all i wouldn't be able to pick up the same weights what is heavy for me you know you give me a 50 pound dumbbell i'm not very strong my biceps are like little girls if you give me a 50 pound di- dumbbell i'm not lifting i can't do a curl with that even if i did one curl i couldn't do t- i'd break my arm you give him a 50 pound dumbbell and that's, that's like a day off. It's, it's an easy day. He can do like 50 reps without even breaking a sweat. So that's what Paul is saying. It's, it's heavy in the sight of man. But God is strong. As strong. The Bible says He is the strength of our life. And because He's strong, it's actually light to Him. He can lift it up without even breaking a sweat. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. See how he says, it's for a moment. Stop thinking it's going to Oh, hallelujah. It's not going to last forever. Stop saying, "Oh, I'm gonna, I, li- I was born like this. I'm going to die like this. This is how it's been. This is how it shall be. He says, it's a light affliction, number one, and it is momentary. It's but for a moment, and it is working for us. God is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And this is what Paul gives instructions to the Corinthian church to do as we're believing for that to happen. You know, we're, we're gonna pray right now and we're gonna set our faith, we're gonna target our faith for a turnaround. Things might not happen in the first five minutes. Things might not happen in the first 24 hours. Some of you, 24 hours, I told you before, you will have a change of story. Some of you it won't be till Christmas time. But here's what you have to do from the moment you believe to the moment you receive. He says, we don't look at the things which are seen. We don't look at what we see. We look at those things which are not seen. The things which we see are temporal. They're momentary. It's here now, but it ain't gonna last forever. It won't last forever. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and I tell you, you've come come to the end of the tunnel the light is here and the light of god is going to drive out all darkness and darkness won't be able to hold it back for the things which are seen are temporary but those things which are not seen are eternal hallelujah bible says I'm going to read one more scripture I'm going to pray first peter chapter 5 and verse first peter chapter 5 and verse 10 verse 9 resist the devil stand firm in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, doesn't say a long time, after you have suffered a little while, trouble has overstayed its welcome in your life. Misery and sorrow has overstayed its welcome in your life. You have suffered beyond a little while. That's why you're entitled to believe for what I'm about to read to you today. But may the God of all grace who called us by his eternal glory to Christ Jesus. After you've suffered a little while. Suffering has overstayed its welcome in your life. And this is what God's going to do. After you've suffered a little while. It doesn't say a long time. He will perfect you. He will establish you, he will strengthen you, and he will settle you. He will perfect you, he will establish you, he will strengthen you, and he will settle you. He will perfect you, I see God perfecting you, I see God establishing you, I see God strengthening you, and I see God as settling you. Everything that has been unsettled in your life, the God of settlement is settling your case today. Everything that has not had any sort of consistency in your life, you're being established in that right now. Any area where you're imperfect and God is perfecting you in Jesus' mighty name, every area where you're weakened, the God of all grace is going to strengthen you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray for you right now. I want you, if you have the ability to do so, lift your hands and I'm going to pray for you from... From, from my heart, and we're gonna connect our faith together and believe God for a supernatural turn of story, an acceleration, an, an, an aggressive acceleration to the prayers that you have prayed coming to fruition. The Bible says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And he says, I tell you, God will avenge his own elect who cried him day and night. He will avenge them speedily. God is not slow. God is speedy. God is fast. He is quick. And he's going to move quick for you in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for everyone watching right now. I thank you for Joni, Tater, Jasmine, Modal, Tasha, Olivia, Cadian, Crystal, Yelitsa, Brian, Candace, I thank you for everyone that's watching all across this earth, from South Africa, to Poland, to Netherlands, to Canada, to the United States, to South America, to Australia, to New Zealand. I thank you, Father, that you're going to crown their year with goodness. I thank you that hope has come into their hearts today. And that though their desire has weaned out, and they've grown weary, I thank you that fresh hope is being infused into their spirits today. I thank you, Lord, that that which you've put in their heart from the beginning of the year, that they've gotten discouraged, they've lost heart in that area. I thank you that they're gonna they're being encouraged today, not by me, by the word of God and by the Spirit of the Lord. And that their faith is coming alive right now. Their faith has come alive today as they've listened under the word of God. And I thank you that it's going to produce a good report for them. By the end of this year, I thank you that they will have a new song in their heart, laughter in their mouth, joy on their tongues. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you, Lord, that you're making everything work together for their good. I thank you that you're sorting out every situation now. I thank you that legal cases are being sorted out. I thank you, Father, anything that would cause the end of this year... To, to weigh in on them and not enjoy the Christmas holidays. I pray right now, O oh God of vengeance. Avenge every one of them. Avenge every avenge every one of them against their enemies. Arise, O oh God of vengeance, and let every one of their enemies be scattered. Lord, even as in 2 Kings 7, by this time tomorrow. You ordered, by the mouth of Elisha, a change of story. I order a change of story for everyone watching right now. By this time tomorrow, your tomorrow will be alright. By this time tomorrow, anyone that suffered for a little while, I thank you that you're establishing them now. Everyone, you know, Jesus suffered for three days in, in the tomb. But it was not possible for death to hold him down beyond three days. I, Father, I thank you right now. If death couldn't hold Jesus down... For more than three days. And death is the strongest weapon of the enemy. I thank you that nothing that your people are facing right now. That has weighed them down. Depression. Sickness in their body. None of it can overstay the next three days. Within three days by the hand of God. I thank you. That everything is turning for their good. In Jesus mighty name. We call it done. We seal it by faith. We thank you. Take the next ten seconds and just thank God that it's happening. Thank God that He's working out things in your favor. Even if you don't see it, He is working. He is working all things together for good. What the enemy meant for evil, God is working it so that it actually turns out for your good. In Jesus' mighty name, in the name of Jesus Christ, through God you shall do valiantly. I see Him treading down every one of your enemies. Anything that was sent to wipe you out has failed up until now, and it's not moving one more inch in your direction. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for testimonies, Father. That shall come in. I want you to write to me your testimony. I've got so many testimonies I've been pouring in the last few weeks. And it's it really encourages me. It encourages me. It encourages me. It really does. I want you out of your mouth. Out of your mouth right now. Whatever it is that you're believing God for, you should have something you're believing God for. Whatever, if it's financial, if it's physical, if it's about your family, your children, uh, business, career, a decision you have to make, and there's been a delay in the response, there's been a delay in, in the manifestation of it, I want you by faith right now to just vocalize what it is you're believing God for. If it's, I want a husband, You've been waiting for a spouse for many years. I want you to say that out loud. God, I'm believing you for a spouse. That by the end of this year, I'll meet my spouse. You don't think that's possible? My wife received a word before she met me in 2013. And a prophet told her, by the end of this year, you'll have met your spouse, your husband. Well, at the end of 2013, that's when I met her. It was in October of 2013. I met her. And then by 2014 we were engaged and 2015 we were married. You don't think God can do that? So speak it out loud. If you believe in God for healing, God, I thank you that by Christmas time, I'm getting a clean bill of health for my body. I thank you. I thank you that this holiday season, it's not gonna be me sitting around the table having to give a reason why things haven't happened yet, you know, I'm still holding on, you know. It's gonna be a time to share my testimony, ah, hallelujah. I prophesy in Jesus' name This Christmas time Will be you gathering around your entire family And it won't be sharing your misery It'll be you sharing your testimony In Jesus' mighty name In Jesus' mighty name Stay connected with us By visiting us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook By searching at TJ Malkanji Or visit us online www.salvationnow.ca God bless you And until next time